Welcome to another exhilarating episode of the Jackass Cast, brought to you by www.cornergasfan.com or Cornergas Fan Corner, as it's more commonly known by its one reader. Now, when I do this podcast, I usually bring you an interview with a cast member or somebody from the crew of Cornergas. But uh, unfortunately, because at time of recording we're all on lockdown, because the dreaded lurgy is out there to melt our faces off and we're all in hiding uh, it's been hard to get hold of people but it also doesn't help that I haven't bothered to try and that might have some sort of influence on the fact that there's no guest who knows but I thought I'd try something a little bit different this time I'm going to give you a commentary track for the first episode of season one Ruby Reborn I'm just going to make it up as I go along I've put in hours and hours of no effort whatsoever to put this whole thing together and I hope you appreciate that Um, so I'm just going to try and remember some facts and figures off the top of my head and uh, chuck in a few grotty gags no doubt along the way so this will be like one of those DVD commentaries okay I will talk but I will there will be long gaps where well, I'm not saying anything, just so you can have a little look at the episode. I'll be—I don't want to yak all over the top of it and really ruin it for you. I ruin most of it, but not all of it. If you're listening and there's nothing going on, it's—I haven't gone away. I might have gone for a quick wee break, maybe, but I will be back. So don't don't worry if you're not hearing anything. All of a sudden, I'll be in your lug holes again, and things will continue. So this requires a little bit of interactivity. So what I need you to do is get the episode queued up on your favourite piece of hoofa doofery, be it on the TV or on your phone or on your uh, iPad. Queue it up on a DVD or on uh, Amazon Prime maybe. Amazon Prime, for all your favourite movies and TV shows. Amazon Prime, the greatest streaming service in the world. I like to chuck that in there just in case I get my free subscription hasn't happened yet but you never know so yeah get that all sorted out and then just pause it don't play it yet get it there ready now i'm going to count you in on three you remember on lethal weapon 2 when Murtaugh is is stuck on the bog and there's a bomb under the toilet and they're trying to decide when they push it pull him off did they go on three or after three uh, we'll do the same. We'll do one, two, and then on three. And But hopefully with uh, less danger and even less explosions. But, well, you never know. Uh, I don't know what kind of equipment you've got. Um, so we'll do that. So have you got it there? Get get it up ready. Pause this if you need to. I'll sort that out. Right, you ready? So I'm going to count you in. And then on three, R plus play. You press play and then we should be more or less synced up and then what you're listening to, me 
bang on about should sort of tally up with what you're looking at. So, ready. One, two, three. So here we go. Welcome to Dog River and Corner Gas. Now this blue car that's coming into shot, that was actually a rental rented for Brent Butt, who's just walked into the shot there, and David Story, the director of the episode. They had to share because they, for budgetary reasons. And that's why the episode includes the car as well, because they were too tight to get another one. Uh, Mark Farrell there playing the customer. He is a writer on the show and a producer. And also an actor, it seems, because they were too tight to get another actor. <laughs> Brent Butts, obviously uh, known worldwide in Canada as the greatest stand-up comedian. And... Uh, they're playing his best friend, Hank Yarbo's Fred Joannick, my personal favourite. Nothing else to do. Classic. And here comes the earworm-inducing theme tune written by Craig Northey of Odds fame and... Jesse Valenzuela from the Jim Blossoms, who were pretty big in the 90s, had lots of hits. We'll talk about all these lovely actors later on, I'm sure, if I think of anything. Now, the show was actually being created by Brent, but he meant it to be a movie originally. He was writing it as a movie, but it just wasn't working, so he put the idea away. And when he was asked uh, by David Stoy, I believe, if he had any ideas for shows, he sort of reworked the idea into the series that we know and love today. Now, any minute now, we're going to be introduced to Wanda Dollard, played by the diminutive Nancy Robertson. Diminutive in height, but not in talent. I'm sure she's here somewhere. Perhaps the camera's too high and it couldn't pick her up. Let's play Where's Wanda? Like Where's Wally? Any more Canadian? Is she behind the sweeties? Nope. Is she behind the counter? No. Perhaps she's late for work. Oh! Ah! There she is! Now that freezer that she's uh, restocking there, that actually leads to the Canadian version of Narnia. The Mr. Tumnus, he isn't part goatees. Half man, half moose. And they lure in the kids with, uh, not Turkish delight, but uh, poutine and maple syrup. We never found out whether Lacey had a criminal record. I did some digging and I believe she did for um, copyright infringement. Uh, when she was in Toronto she had the same hairdo as Dolly Parton and uh, got into all sorts of trouble there because uh, Dolly's hairdo was copyrighted.
Ah, there we go. The first ever Dog River Howler headline. Um, personal favourite of mine. I love love the headlines, but they they're not enough of them. We get lots of them in this episode. I think there's about four. And I think they'd always look good printed out and framed in an office. There's another one. And a lovely Gabrielle Miller as Lacey. Lacey Burrows. Now, uh, you may not know that all the surnames of the characters in the episodes are um, actual towns uh, in Saskatchewan, I think. Maybe around Canada. I can't remember. And I, I, I can't look now. I should have looked. Before. I should have done some preparation, shouldn't I? Really. And there we are. The wonderful late Lawn Cardinal. I almost said Lacey again. There. The wonderful Lawn Cardinal playing Davis Quinton and Tara Spencer Nan as Karen Pelly. And we're about to be introduced to the other important character, one of the most important characters in Corner Gas. Get ready to cheer. There he is! Hooray! The surveillance bush, a very popular character in Corner Gas lore. Um... But I, I hate to tell you this, but that's not an actual real bush. Or if it is, it was put there just for the gag. There is Eric Peterson. Another fan favourite. Such a great performance throughout the series. Great actor. And uh, I was lucky enough to talk to him recently. And I, I'm happy to say he's as funny in real life as he is in the show if not funnier actually it was a lovely lovely half hour I had a bit of name dropping there oh the first Woolerton gob spoilers but if you've seen the movie um, Woolerton is actually a lovely town and it's a massive joke from the movie is how lovely Woolerton is after all this spitting that's been taking place over the years. Turns out it's a beautiful place to live. Wallop! Double wallop! Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All the lovely eggs that had to die for this scene. This episode actually aired in 2004, January the 22nd, 16 years ago. And, uh, you know, in that sense, that time, it hasn't aged. And you can watch this stuff over and over again. That's the beauty of the show. Now, Decoy is a real film starring Peter Weller from Robocop and... Uh, I watched a couple of minutes of it and fell into a coma.
The other thing about 2004 and that they're talking about videos and VHS, I would, my memory, I think VHS had really had its day by then. Or perhaps it's just setting up that Dog River is so behind the times, they've yet to find out the, the beauty that is a Blu-ray and high definition. The wonderful Janet Wright there, late great Janet Wright, playing Emily Roy, wife of Oscar Lee Roy, and the chemistry that Eric and Janet have is just phenomenal throughout the series, and that might have something to do with that they were friends for years, and I believe they dated as well. Um, so they obviously already had that sort of working chemistry that was going to work on the show. And that wasn't always the case with, um, uh, well, with Lorne and Tara. They didn't actually meet until they started filming. Um, they didn't have any screen tests together. So there must have been that worry that maybe they wouldn't work as a team on screen. But uh, as it turns out, it just worked out a treat. They even have the same birthday. And they're both left-handed. Now the set here that we're looking at um, wasn't built to last. It doesn't exist anymore. Was, uh, the show was filmed in the town of uh, Rolo in or Rulo. I never quite know how to pronounce it. I'm apologise if I get it wrong. Um, and uh, it was built on some fairly boggy ground, I believe. And it was only thought that the show was going to last a season, so they'd only need the set for a year, maybe if that. Um, but as it turned out, it was a massive hit. And uh, the set sat there for many years. They used it for the movie as well. Um, and it fell into disrepair, so they had to uh, knock it down, unfortunately. You can walk around the town and see the other buildings that are um, used for the police station and the Dog River Hotel. They're all there. There's the frontages you can do a walking tour and um, they give you a little map and you can see everything there except Corner Gas and the Ruby maybe they'll put it back another day I know a lot of people would love them to do that but nobody expected the show to be such a hit that it was uh, it pulled in 1.2 million viewers on this episode uh, they were hoping for maybe reach 500,000. So it's quite amazing, really, um, for a premiere of a brand new comedy. Now, I'm told that Brent often says he doesn't consider himself a great actor. and Maybe he isn't a great actor, but he's certainly a good one. I, I mean, to pull off... I always say you can have all the best jokes in the world, but uh, if you haven't got the right cast, then it just falls apart. 
and Brent certainly does a job. Now that number there that we just saw, uh, 717 Oscar and Emma's house, that was actually the number of um, Brent's house when he was growing up in Saskatoon. If you notice as well the uh, the videos behind them there, in earlier shots they're all empty cases and now they've all got covers and they've got an awful lot of copies of the same film. If you see any uh, continuity errors as we go along please feel free to post them on the website. Or shout them out now. I can't promise to hear you, but, you know, if it makes you feel good. Mildly Violated is a fantastic name for a rock band. Mildly Refreshed is a great name for a rock band. Or at least a, an easy listening covers band. There's another one. I don't know what MBA is, but I'm sure it's very important. Ah, somebody just hocked on all those lovely cakes. They could play a version of Russian roulette and see who gets the cake with a goober on it. Now, as the series goes on, I do wonder how uh, how many T-shirts Hank owns. He must have the world's largest wardrobe. He's got at least 107 of them, like one per episode. But I'm sure there's more. I could spend the rest of this commentary just saying, here's a good name for a rock band. <laughs> now there's another thing about time, and I think even though this is only 16 years ago, it's not a long time really. Um, there's been a couple of gay jokes so far, and I'm sure that probably wouldn't fly these days. You'd Probably getting a little bit raised eyebrows at the very least. Now there's a lot of uh, setups all around this episode, so we get a little background of uh, all the characters and uh, we get to see a lot of the uh, 
the locations where everything's going to play out. But um, historically, Brent has said that uh, he was never really keen or not interested in uh, character development or story arcs. Um, that never really takes place throughout the entire run of the series. Um, so it's all about the joke. Everything's about making you laugh. And I, I think that's, that's obviously true in, in the main part. And obviously we are laughing an awful lot. But there are certain elements like, like Brent and Lacey's relationship. Especially in the first season. Um, the whole will they won't they thing. But pretty much after the end of the first season that side of it was dropped like a stone. And that's a shame in a way. It, it does get picked up again in the movie very briefly. But sometimes I do wish there was a little little bit of development here and there. As I said before, you do see it in performance and in some of the writing and how the characters react to things or, or um, how their dialogue rolls off the tongue. There's all sorts of little, little tiny details. Um, but generally, we just want these people to make us laugh and Brent knows that so that's that's what he gave us now if you uh, happen to own the wonderful Tales from Dog River episode guides, written by the wonderful Michelle Spinagle. Um In that book, she gives you a coffee count. So how many cups of coffee are seen in every episode? In this episode, we had 18 cups. And that's enough to keep a standard grown man awake for at least a fortnight. fascinates me as well how uh, VHS and videos are so rare in Dog River. They occasionally use them. Oh, when I was a kid in the 80s, everybody had a video player. Top loader that would cook a chunk when you push it. It was like you'd have your fingers off at any given moment just if you wanted to watch Ghostbusters. You'd be very careful. another different shirt see it's not a t-shirt though it's a grandpappy shirt Hank Yabo fashion guru that would have been a good spin-off and when we're talking about Brent and the jokes and how important they are you can have all the best jokes in the world, but if you haven't got the best cast to tell those jokes, they can still fall flat. 
and that just shows you another magic part of this whole production the cast are just superb and uh do the the material justice from beginning to end which is uh no mean feat there's so many series that die on their backsides from not having the right people making the show for them and that goes from behind the camera as well Is coffee round? I suppose it is. But if you took it out of the cup it wouldn't be. It would be flat mainly. There we go, the chilli cheese dog. <laughs> and there we have it. The very first episode, done and dusted. A work of art in many people's opinion and uh, one of my all-time favourites. I could watch that over and over again, as I'm sure you have. Um, so there we go. And that'll be the end of my first commentary as well. Now... It was all a bit touch and go, I know. We had some up and down moments there. Um, the pauses were important uh, so I could uh, think of something important to say. And I thought of nothing. But anyway, I hope it passed half hour for you. We may do this again. It was a bit of a technical nightmare. But uh, I see what I can do. Maybe next time I'll bring some notes and uh, make it a little bit more professional. And anyway, until next time, take care. I'll speak to you soon. Cheerio, bye. Mm -hmm.